Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. We keep having to do happy post-game shows, and I may like coming in and doing these after a while, you know? <laughs> Notre Dame beating Syracuse 41-24. to It is the official Notre Dame football post-game show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Jim Arizari. Reggie Brooks joining me. Uh, Reggie, got to be uh, pretty happy, too, with a uh, another fantastic day by the by the running game. Yes, and uh, I was glad to see that they, you know, they kind of went away from it a little bit, but, you know, the fact they stuck with it, and this is something that um, hopefully we can, you know, hang our hats on. I know they can hang their hats on having this as their, you know, identity, that they're going to be a running, uh, you know, hard-nosed football team. So, but we shall see. Uh, Audric Estime and Logan Diggs each with 20 rushes. Uh, that is dedicating yourself to the run. Uh, of course, you know, they also picked up three touchdowns too. So always good when it's productive. Uh, let's see a little bit different layout. We, uh, may be getting to the press conferences a little bit late because of some technical issues, uh, in Syracuse. Uh, but uh, we will have those for you. Uh, the Marcus Freeman post-game press conference, of course. Uh, any player press conferences uh, that uh, that that may come down the pipeline as well. We'll get those to you, and uh, and plenty, plenty more as uh, as we really just kind of get started here on the official Notre Dame football post-game show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. Career start number 21 starts with a throw to the left side. Intercepted. Picked off 25-20 to the 10. Cut back to the 5. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Brandon Joseph. Pick 6 on the first play of the game from 28 yards out. Notre Dame with a pick quick 6. And Syracuse nothing. And that's when I knew that Brandon Joseph was just fine. Uh, <laughs> the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Rolling on, uh, presented, of course, by St. Joseph Health System. Uh, Reggie Brooks joining me. I'm Jim Arizari. Uh Let's just start breaking down the offense real quick. Uh, the offense uh, certainly getting a lot of help from the defense today. Of course, you know, we had that pick six right out the gate and then uh, also had another interception and the punt block, which got turned into touchdowns as well. Well, you've definitely seen a, a, a uptick in the, the special teams play uh, with this team. That's mm-hmm. not been a strong suit over the past few years. And to see, um, you know, just the success they've had in the special teams area is something that you know I, I I you know love to see because that was something that we took pride in because that's a part of the game and in this day and age a lot of times that's an aspect that tends to get overlooked in, in in many regards so it's great to see the Irish really you know you know leaning in to the to that aspect of the game because it is vitally important and it makes a difference and like I said offensively you see we we we. We got this is our identity. I'm gonna keep saying this. This is a physical football team. They're at their best when they're running the ball downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'd love to see the offensive line sustain blocks a little better uh and, and maintain and drive and you know their drive blocking, but you you see the the capability of this running back group. And you know, I know it's boring, but you know, four yards here, three yards here, six yards there. 
uh, just that ability to move the football, it wears on a defense and it makes a difference as as you progress through a, a football game. And you saw it, you know, as we, you know, we kind of got away from it, but when we got back to it, uh, that solidified us um, to finish off, finish this game off the right way. I mean, plain as day, too. I mean, whenever they, they tried taking it to the corner, they would get stopped for, you know, maybe a yard, maybe no gain, maybe a loss. When they just kept it between the tackles going north-south, that's when they were rattling off, you know, seven-yard runs, eight-yard runs, getting into the secondary uh, on runs. I mean, right there, you, you, you've just got to follow that formula, don't you? That it, I mean, and I don't know why that's so hard. And it's yeah. just, it's the 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 up and down of this team is is very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and the inconsistencies, <laughs> and you know, you have these spurts here and there. You know, and I think that's you know, this is a team that's learning how to play together and and kind of learning each other. Uh, you know, offensively, defensively, special teams wise, and the more they they get going, the better. But it's just. The, the mental breakdowns that, that occurs um, on both sides of the ball is maddening. I mean, it is simply <laughs> maddening when you watch. And again, I'm, I'm a, I'm, you know, I, you know, I believe in being balanced, but, you know, I would love to see us take those, you know, short drop off dump offs and, and check downs as opposed to trying to force the ball into places that mm-hmm. it's just not there and take the safe throw. You know, yeah. we got the the play call, and I know a lot of people have been kind of you know pointing fingers at at Tommy Reese, but he's not out there throwing the ball. I mean, you know, right. Drew Pine has got to understand. Hey, you have checkdowns, you have backs that are good at the backfield. Your tight ends, you don't always have to go to eighty seven. Now right. you need to go to him a lot. Mm-hmm. But when you when he's open, you got to get him the ball, but you can't just just just. Everything focused on one guy. It's just it's not something you can do. We we did a better job of spreading it around, but he's got to be willing to take those checkdowns. It is yeah. imperative because we get when we get behind the sticks. When Notre Dame gets behind the sticks, it's not great. You don't have that dynamic passer that can you know you know make those dynamic throws on a consistent basis. So you have to stay ahead. You know, stay on t- stay on t- on time with the, the the chains and keep give yourself a chance to to get those manageable downs. Right. Drew Pine, 9 of 19 on the day, 116 yards. Did have a touchdown, did have an interception. It was on a tipped pass. It was intended for, I believe, Michael Mayer, and uh, it was just too high. They There, there was another touchdown uh, pass uh, that he just overthrew that was headed to Mayer, too. It, it, you know, you're right. I mean, he's just got to check it down more. And get comfortable with it. Yeah. I mean, you got some guys that said that can really, you know, make make some plays. You know, Chris Tyree, Audric, you know, Logan, you know, and and you know, not only you, you got the, you, the other tight ends. I mean, when you have the opportunity, get the ball out quickly. You know, he's and that's the, another thing is just he's holding the ball too long. Mm-hmm. Took a, a vicious shot later in the game and said, yeah. "Get yeah. the ball out, get it out quickly." And let the other let your playmakers run with the ball and give them that opportunity, and it, and it saves your body and saves because you know <laughs> again you know we can't afford to get get him hurt. Right, exactly. <laughs> he needs to stay healthy. Yeah. That's... So that's that's you know you know that's always in the back of my mind. It's like when he's taking those shots, it's like Drew. You know, I'm glad he gets down, but man, get the ball out. Let's get the ball out. Yeah. And because Syracuse is playing to keep keep the ball in front of them, mm-hmm. they were you know you know three deep, you know they were playing back, and they would say, "Hey, we're going to play everything in front of us." They were even dropping their linebackers at a at a depth and said, "Hey, we're going to force you to throw short and come up, and and we're going to make the tackle." So take those plays. It, yeah. There's just I always just look at them as long handoffs, and it gives you, you know, it puts you in a more manageable down and distance to where you can get it versus, you know, if you don't make the throw, instead of being second second and in, in th- two or three, you, you're back to second and, and, you know, eight and nine. Or if you, you know, you get down to your second down and you're second down and two or three after a two, three, four-yard run, you know, you, you get to third third and two versus 
third and six, third and seven. So, you know, I, I just you know, hope he can get that in his head. It's like, hey, take the plays and take those check downs because those add up. And it's going to help you, your, your passing percentage too. Yeah. So <laughs> help yourself out. Right, exactly. Whenever, whenever Syracuse was dropping eight today, nothing good came of it. You know, like take the check down. Take the check down. Get it to get it to a running back. Hand it off. You know, uh, I mean, obviously they can't stop them between the tackles. Uh, Audric Estime had 20 rushes, 123 yards, two touchdowns, uh, including a long one for 28 yards. Logan Diggs had 20 rushes as well, 85 yards. He had a touchdown. Uh, Chris Tyree with eight for 23, and yet another Mitchell Evans sighting as well on a uh, on a fourth down play. So uh, you know, 56 rushes altogether as far as uh, the run game goes. 246 yards on the ground today. And, and hats off to the offensive line again. I know I'm you know start out by dinging them a little bit, but you know they they did a great job yeah. up front and you know creating some holes for the running back. But not only that. The thing I love is, like I said, now that you can do the, you can push the the runner. I'm, I love watching, you know, Patterson <laughs> and, and, and 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 you know those guys, Fisher and all those guys getting behind and pushing the running back down the field. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that because again, hey, if you, <laughs> that makes a difference when, in in the fact that those the backs they got strong legs and and Diggs is really starting to you know get get it together because. Yeah. You can see him stand on his feet more, and he's driving the pile. And those big, big bodies get behind you and push you. You know that's three, four extra yards after contact. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just like seeing the pile just move. You know, just move at at like five yard clips. And that's exactly what was happening today too, uh, as far as the uh, the Notre Dame run game goes. Three hundred sixty two yards altogether uh, to uh, to Syracuse's uh, two hundred eighty six yards. And time of possession, of course, uh, definitely coming out in Notre Dame's favor as well because so many runs, it just eats up the clock. Uh, 37-40 to 22-20 to, uh, to uh, in favor of Notre Dame. So a, uh, a, a great performance by the run game today. And uh, we, we, we got started with the defense too. And and they they kind of set the tone, and we'll start breaking that down uh, coming up after this on the official Notre Dame football postgame show. Max von Marburg to punt, blocked. His punt is blocked on the 15, spinning up in the air inside the five. Notre Dame takes over on the two-yard line. Clarence Lewis getting his hand up for the punt block on that. Uh, all part of Notre Dame's uh, 41-24 victory over Syracuse in the uh, former Carrier Dome, I guess. What, the JMA Wireless Dome? Is that what it's called? Uh, does it even matter? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> it's the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Reggie Brooks joining me. I'm Jimmy Rosari. Uh, let's break down the defense. A uh, Another solid performance by the defense of course we get that punt block uh, you know from the special teams but you know it is kind of a defensive play so it's we're going to count it as a turnover that way uh four sacks two interceptions one of them the uh, the pick six on the very first play of the game by Brandon Joseph uh just a solid solid effort from the jump for the defense today Defense played well again, and they've been pretty solid. Out, but you know, we they're still the same issues. We said seeing the the, the missed tackles. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we just got to get better there. Um, you know, a couple of times they had guys you know in the backfield for a loss and just uh, you know couldn't get the guy on the ground. But I will say this: I I saw at least five missed holding calls. I mean, like literally yeah. their offensive line was bare hugging our guys. And it was, you know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. they should have had more sacks than that, but I think it was just, and they were just grabbing <laughs> them. They got called for one holding call. Yeah. That whole game, one holding call for the game. And I'm like, what, what is the, what, what constitutes holding in the ACC these days? Um, <laughs> so I, I, somebody, <laughs> please inform me. I, I, I think I think you actually have to tie someone down <laughs> exactly. with rope. 
uh, and, and you know, like complicated knots too. Like not a knot, you know, not just like tying a shoelace either. You know, I'm we're talking, you know, complicated, you know, like square knots and things like that. You got to take your time making that knot. So that, yeah, that's uh, that has been the mo of of ACC officials anyway uh, on the season. Uh, and 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 Notre Dame's benefited from it too on 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 times uh, during home games. You know, I'm no, I. Yeah, it was just it was just frustrating to see yeah. guys trying to rip off a block, and the, you see the shirt, the jersey stretching <laughs> out, and it's yeah. like just a little bit of holding, you know. You yeah. just might see that. Yeah. Um, I I will say this: I was a little disappointed with the, the defensive back play because that's something that yeah. had been a strong suit for us, and they were going after um. Jim and Morris. Oh man, they they yeah. they were attacking them early, and you know we were giving up some a few plays here and there. Um, but all in all, I will say this was one of the best performances by the linebacking core um, and their ability to to defend. Uh, they tackled much better. I think we just need more better tackling at the corner position. Uh, Brandon Joseph, I mean, the kid shows up week in and week out, mm-hmm. uh, had a monster game again, um, not only, you know, with the interception, the pick six, but he had some key tackles where he came up and, and filled the alley and and got guys on the ground. He's, he's you know, one of our better tacklers. And, again, just that, that's going to be a key factor, again, going into next week. Um, you The defense got to play at a, at a higher rate. Yeah. The biggest thing that they need to do more, they're in the right position, is just making sure that they secure those tackles um, You know, when they have the opportunity. Uh, let's go down some of the tackling numbers real quick. Tariq Bracey leading the way with six tackles for Notre Dame. Uh, JT Bertrand, uh, five total tackles, uh, one of them for loss. Isaiah a monster Fos- game. Yeah, he had a huge game. J- Isaiah- JD had a monster game. Yeah, Isaiah Foskey, uh, another sh- another solid game as well with three tackles, uh, one sack, which moves him closer to the uh, Notre Dame career record uh, that Justin Tuck currently holds. That record, uh, two of those rec- two of those uh, tackles for loss. Uh, you had Marist Leafau with three tackles and the pick. Uh, Benjamin Morrison still finished with three tackles. You know, another solid day. Jordan Batello as well, two tackles, two sacks on the day. So just they—they they were getting home, and uh, you know, like you said, uh, I do agree. They were that, getting home early. Yeah, they were getting home early, but just you know, just just spitballing here. Can you imagine how many sacks? <laughs> just I'm just. That just that just came to mind. Just like you just wonder <laughs> how much better could they have been had they not been held. Exactly. Um, just throwing it out there. <laughs> is, is there is there like a unit of measurement that we can prorate these things? You know, is there an ACC official prorate on uh, on any of these numbers? Uh, you you kind of got to wonder. See, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, you definitely just wonder. To, you know, because you see guys turning the corner and and the jersey stretches out and it's like they just stop and it's like, you know, maybe there's a way we can you know eyes on those plays. And to be honest with you, I think it just needs to be more. You know, the coach on the side and Marcus is getting after him. Say, Coach Freeman saying, hey. You know, watch, watch, watch what's going on in, on at the offensive line. I yeah. mean, you know, just be mindful of the holding. You know, sometimes when you can key them into something, they're more more likely to see it versus, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Right. If you don't say anything, they just won't see it. Hopefully, they uh, they don't get audio of this week either of of us complaining about the ACC officials since they're coming to town next week. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, more, <laughs> more to come from the uh, from the big win today over Syracuse, forty one twenty four. Notre Dame beating the Orange today. This is the official Notre Dame football post game show presented by St Joseph Health System.
The official Notre Dame football postgame show rolling on on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, sponsored in part by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Also by the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Uh, big thanks to uh, Alan Wasilewski uh, uh, with, uh, with the football communications team. Uh, like I said, they've had some technical issues that uh, that they were working through uh, as far as uh, as far as the post game stuff goes they had to kind of do it a different way really but uh, they're getting it up they're getting all the uh, press conferences up in uh, the same amount of time that uh, that they typically take so uh, we will go to Marcus Freeman's press conference right now yeah um, really really proud of our guys um, that's a big win versus a really good football team in a hostile environment. Um, you know, it was good to see all three phases for the most part. There was times we had some diversity, but all three phases be able to impact the game in a certain way. You know, the offense being able to rush for 246 yards, defense giving up 30, 61 yards rushing, that's huge. And then for the second week in a row in the third punt block, you know, it, it's it's amazing uh, what our special teams unit is doing, especially that pump block unit. It's been really good. They worked at it. And so, you know, I, I think about the play for me that kind of changed the game was they start to get a little bit of momentum in that second half. They were four, down 14 with the ball, and Maris uh, intercepts the ball. And uh, we go down there and we score. And that, to me, was the moment that I said, okay, we got it. You know, and, and um, it was really just good to see this team battle. You know, and, and I had known going into the game that backup quarterback was pretty good. I knew if he was going to play, um, he would be a challenge for us. And so um, he, he had some, some, some good plays out there, you know, but our defense kind of buckled down and finished the right way. So um, with that, I'll just open up for questions. Go ahead and raise your hands and we'll call it. Go ahead. Was that your game plan to kind of pound the ball and uh, dominate with your offensive line? Was that the plan? It's, it's been the plan since probably Cal. You know, let's try to establish the run game. We have to. We got to. Um, that's our identity right now. You know, and our receivers stepping up. You saw Deion Cozy make some big plays. And, um, and there was a couple wide that all stepped up. But um, right now, our identity is the ability to run the ball. Okay? And then, and then when they give the opportunity to throw it, we'll throw it. Patrick, go ahead. Marcus, when you, after the interception, you guys go, like, I think it's all but one play with three tight ends. Like, I guess just how much is the buy-in as far as everybody's on board with that being the identity and that just knowing what you guys are doing. It's more so. It's just everybody's on board with the identity to win. You know? and, and if that gives us our best chance to kind of, you know, move the ball, running the ball, and, and at times being able to throw it out of 13 personnel. But, um, you know, that's that's what this team's on board with is, is whatever it takes to win. And uh, that's why you love coaching these guys. They're unselfish and uh, they're willing to do whatever it takes. Go ahead, Pete Sampson in the middle. Uh, First half, I think you had third and one down on the goal line. You got pretty hot at the officials there, I think, for a substitution that was allowed. That, you know, what, what sort of went into that? And is, I'm interested as a, a younger head coach, you're sort of finding your voice about like how much you really try to exert yourself in those moments. I, just, I, was, I thought it, it was the wrong call at the moment. I thought we didn't sub, and they subbed, and I didn't think they should be holding the ball. But they explained to me that we had a guy come on the field a couple yards and come back. And when we do that and they sub, um, at the same time, they got to hold the ball. So, again, it's not – it's more reactional to what I see, you know, and, and not intentional, just reaction. I didn't think um, they should have held the ball, but after they explained it to me, totally understood. Tim O'Malley. You mentioned the punt block keep getting to another one. They influenced another one prior to that to set up a field goal. It's now, I think, five have been influenced and four have been blocked. What? How was he, Brian Mason and this crew, able to – do this each week, but now everyone knows this is something you're, you have things set up to try to get these punt blocks. Yeah, it's it's very similar to how you try to run the ball when they know you're going to try to run the ball. It's you can't do the exact same thing, but you got to spend time, um, you know, trying to to attack the deficiencies of, of the opponent, and then also make sure you're not putting yourself at a a risk to getting a fake. You know, that's the big challenge is, hey, we got to make sure at some point somebody's going to try to fake on us and we got to make sure we're ready for it. And I think our guys are. Um, we're prepared as long as everybody does their job. And so I tell them, how do you prevent a fake? Because everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do. And uh, But it's really kudos off, the, kudos off the Coach Mason and that punt block unit. Um, 
they're hungry for. You know, you can see it once you start getting a, a little bit of success and block a couple punts. They want it. And they want to attack it, and they work on it after practice and, and really work at the details of it. So we're going to go all the way to the right to Mike. Brandon Joseph uh, came billed as a ball hawk, and we've been waiting to see that. How much do you think he was eager for that kind of moment, and what did that do to, to set the tone in this game? To start the game, it was huge. You know, to start the game on defense and the very first play, I think it was the first play, get a pick six. Uh, that's a... Trust me, that's, a, that's how you want to start, you know, if you can. And so um, it was good. The group started fast, you know, and, and then they went down and scored to make it a 7-7 game. But but the ability to establish, hey, we're on defense first, we go up 7-0, um, it's huge momentum builder for everybody on our football program. We're going to go all the way to the left, Coach. Yes. Hazel Johnson from 4.0 Sports. What have you done um, consistently to be on this this three game winning, this two-game winning streak? Um, that you need to continue for the next I think it's just the, the urgency we have as a program to improve. You know, it's not stay the course. It's, it's fix the course, right, and, and fix the mistakes that, that we're seeing in practice and we're seeing in games. And, and there has to be a sense of urgency from the top down to make sure that um, we're correcting everything uh, that we're seeing on film. You know, any mistakes we're seeing in practice, we got to correct them and make sure that the players understand the sense of urgency we all have. And so um, we got to continue to improve. How do you do that? You look at and you evaluate the film, you find different areas where you're not executing the way you want and you attack it in practice. And uh, hopes in the, in the game that it, it's a reflection of that. We're going to go in the back row over there on the left. Go ahead. Go ahead. I wanted to ask about the defensive adjustments you saw from your team today, particularly after the first Syracuse touchdown and then after the backup came in and got a couple scores. What did you see from your team kind of locking that down? Yeah, I can't remember the first. Let me see. Maybe I wrote it down. The first touchdown. Um, yeah, we ended up, you know, we, we told the – Ben Morrison. Now they got down there off a couple big plays, but you know they ran the inside zone. The quarterback blocked our safety, and it was a big play. Um, and then they scored on Ben Morrison. But we it was a little bit on us coaches. We called him. We told him to bail where we probably shouldn't have. And uh, it was ability to get back to the side and said, "Hey, let's not do that anymore." And kind of let them get their seat, the, their cleats settled in, and, and go out and play. Then the second half, man, it really was came down to, you know, we were really trying to pressure. Uh, the backup quarterback, and he started throwing the ball pretty well. And so we said, okay, let's hold off on the pressure and make sure we're, we're, we're covering, you know, we're playing a little bit more coverage. And so that adjustment was big in the second half to be able to get out of some of those pressures and play some more coverage. Um, and, you know, hats off to our, our defensive staff, the communication, the execution. Um, our entire coaching staff did a really great job in preparation and today. Uh, we're going to go to Tyler James there in the second week. Marcus Isaiah Foskey had a, a big game for the second week in a row. How much has his improved play and the whole defensive front increased pressure the last two games really changed things for you guys defensively? Yeah, it's huge. Anytime you can get pressure with four guys, man, it can change a game. And so, um, you know, Coach Wash has been working on that. We've kind of challenged that group to, hey, we can't continue to bring pressure. you got to get – got to make sure that we, we create it with four guys rushing. And, um, you know, Isaiah Foskey – is a dominant football player. He just has to play that way. And uh, it's been good for him. It's been good for all of us to see him play that way the last two games. Back to your left over here. Go ahead. You mentioned hostile environment. In one drive, you had two false starts. Did you make any adjustments after that in dealing with the crowd noise? No, we had been preparing for it. This is the third game that we've planned on using a silent count. Um, and, you know, the one that was JT, he, he flinched. You know, and, and the other one, I didn't see it. It was on Joe Old, but I didn't really see what happened. But it was just calm down, guys. Like, they, they, they really hadn't stopped us yet the first half. You know, we missed the first field goal, and we go and get two penalties on the next drive. It's like, hey, guys, calm down. Be able to just execute. Don't beat ourselves. And, and that's what you saw the rest of the half. Where did you do two more, Mike? Go ahead. What was going on with Lindsey? Uh, he was ill to start the week, um, so we missed practice. And then we, we kind of settled into trying to get a, a little bit more length on the field at Whiteout. You know, we had a, a couple personnel where we wanted tall guys. We called it tall personnel, you know, and, and the ability to get some of that length because they have some long corners, and we wanted to be able to challenge those guys. But, um, you know, it started off because of the illness. I'm proud of him because it's a reflection of practice. And that's everything I keep saying is you build confidence in practice. He had a great week of practice. And for him to go out and have a couple catches and uh, make some plays and get a little bit more playing time, it's, it, it reinforces you know, the things I say in that, hey, practice is so important.
All right, and what we do in practice will get you those opportunities in the game. Uh, last one, Pete Sampson. I really just want to lean in on the run game, but the, the pass game at this point, what needs to get cleaned up there? What's sort of your level of concern about that area? I, I, I have to go back and watch it. You know, we scored, I don't know how many points today. What was the final? 41 points, you know, and if we can score 41 points doing it the way we just did it, we're going to continue to do that. I'm not looking to have a certain amount of passes or a certain amount of runs. I want to score points, and, and right now that's what we're doing. And that is Marcus Freeman's post-game press conference. It sounded like it was inside the middle of a busy mall, but, uh, you know, that that's just kind of how they do things in Syracuse. Uh, Reggie and I will uh, will give our thoughts on that press conference coming up in uh, just a few here on the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. They're right back on the ball. Linebacker Blitz wants to throw in trouble in the backfield and sacked at the 40-yard line. Del Rio Wilson initially had time, but then was swallowed up Jordan Botello. That was the first of Jordan Botello's two sacks on the day, part of Notre Dame's 41-24 victory over Syracuse in Syracuse. Uh, this is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System, also uh, brought to you in part by Centier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. Uh, Reggie, what did you think of, uh, of what Coach had to say in his press conference? I like how you discussed the, the importance of, of practice and also him touching on the the value of special teams and how that is critical to the 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 makeup of this team, you know, being such an integral part of it. Um, because that was something again, like I said before, that was vital to our ability to do what we need, you know, go, you know, we came into, you know, playing at Notre Dame, the value of having a strong special teams and the fact that that's such a key part of this program. I, I applaud him on that. And then the execution, you know, and this is, this kind of gets back to my point about, um, you know, when, you know, they have those lulls, you know, the missed tackles, uh, he talked about the, you know, the, the bail technique that, that they told him, told um, ben, uh, Morris, Benjamin Morris to play. It's, you know, it's you can tell that the, the coaches and the players are still learning. And as they get a better understanding of what they're looking for, what they're capable of, you know, offense and defensive wise, it will, you know, open itself up to having, you know, them having success or not. So um, and then and but that also talks about the execution of it, you know, when they know what they're supposed to do. They'll do a better job of executing, and it also talk you know to to the point of you know the you know the struggles that Drew Pine ha had with a few of the throws, as he gets better at understanding what's expected of him, you know, they'll get better, and you know that part of that execution is making the tackles that are there to be made, making the throws that are there to be made, making the blocks that are there to be made, you know, a lot of emphasis is put on play calling and scheme. It still comes back to the basics of blocking and tackling and doing the little things the right way. And you got to become more, they need to become more consistent in those areas. Um, and, and he, he talked about it, you know, you know, they got to do a better job of coaching the young men up on what is expected of them. And then the players have to do a better job of executing those expectations. You mentioned special teams, uh, fifth, punt block on the season five punt blocks on the season uh special teams has saved their bacon uh quite honestly in, in a couple of these games yeah. and uh i mean we you know you, you got to give props to that i mean five punt blocks and you see that's the other thing to it is like you know when you have that aspect of the game this just just kind of voices the importance of special teams they have that component and it's getting better. It's improving and they're making plays in the, in special teams that has an impact on, you know, it energizes the office offense It energizes the defense to step it up. And it also kind of, it, it, like I said, bails them out in certain, certain uh, spots. So the better they get special teams wise, it kind of, you know, covers some of the mistakes that are made 
execution-wise, offense and defensively. Yeah. Was also asked about Brandon Joseph, uh, basically, you know, being advertised like a ball hawk. Uh, that was Brandon Joseph's first touchdown of his career. Uh, that pick six that started off the game, uh, his uh, his tenth interception of his career, his first in a Notre Dame uniform. So, uh, big congrats to uh, to Brandon Joseph for uh, for for breaking through that wall today. Uh, plenty more to get through as we uh, get through the, uh, the the Notre Dame the official Notre Dame football post game show. Uh, we will get to that. We'll, we've got I, I think we've got some player uh, press conferences as well. Probably a little bit shorter than we than they typically are, but we we might have a uh, we might have one or two uh, for that. We've got uh, the opponent scoreboard still to get through as well. Probably a quick one today because you know noon start and all, uh, and also uh, we'll have our uh, we'll have our players of the game uh, all right here as uh, as things continue on the official Notre Dame football post game show on Sunny one hundred one point five and Sports Radio nine sixty WSB. The official Notre Dame football postgame show continuing on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Jim Arzari with Reggie Brooks. And uh, let's see. Let's. We've got Brandon Joseph. We've got uh, his brief little press conference uh, from uh, after the game. Let's go ahead and play that back. Lack of them and kind of bounces and didn't go your way. But what did it do for you and for everybody to get two and almost three there? Uh, I think it's a big confidence booster for our defense because uh, – it's something that we've expected since game one of the season is to get turnovers and for them to start falling now uh, with the games that we have up next and everything that we have coming, it's a great confidence booster for our defense because we're a defense that puts an emphasis on turnovers and it's what we expect. So with it happening today, we're, it's, we're real satisfied. Tyler James in the second round. Brandon, what did, you, what did the difference in quarterbacks do to the defense? How did you guys have to adjust once the second quarterback came into the game? I mean, at the end of the day, we were just following Coach Golden's plan. We knew what we were preparing for. They were pretty similar quarterbacks in terms of they were both had the ability to run and throw. So um, we were just we just looked to our coaches and trusted the trusted the game plan. To O'Malley over to your left. First play of the game. Uh, what did you see on that first fall? And have you ever done that before to open a football game? Yeah, no. I think there's been uh, a game where I had that chance. D line tipped it, but uh, I mean, I was just doing my job. I dropped down in the zone. Quarterback <laughs> staring at me. <laughs> threw it right to me, and I, and I took it. I mean, that's pretty much that. Anything else? All right, go ahead, Mike. Um, you never had a pick six at the college level. Do you remember the last one uh, maybe in high school? I'm about to say I didn't even have one in high school. It's the first in my career. That's why you're going to see me point go over straight over to my mom. We've been talking about this since day one, man. So for me to, for it to be my first pick six and to be able to go celebrate with them, it was huge. Who'd you hand the ball to? My dad. Yeah. Last one. I was interested the momentum around the team um, before Barris's pick and after, like how big of a moment that was. Huge, huge moment for the game. Uh, like I said, we want that emphasis on turnovers at that point in the game. Uh, for him to get that pick and for us to get the momentum back, get the offense or get the ball back to the offense, it was huge. Absolutely, the turning point of that game. As was mentioned, that's Brandon Joseph. Uh, his first. Touchdown of his career, his first interception in a uh, Notre Dame uniform, and his tenth interception overall of his college career. That uh, that that's got that's what got things started. That was the pick six, first play of the game. That's a hell of a way to set the tone. And, and, and but see, that's leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the thing I like about Brandon Joseph is his ability to to you know maintain a. Uh, Kind of a steady mindset, if you will, uh, and and thinking, you know, not getting, not being too high, and you know, you you know, he he does things the right way. He's not someone that, you know, and I don't know the kid personally, but just in his play and how he presents himself, you know, that's some steady leadership that you have on the defensive side of the ball, and it's good to see that because you know I look at him, um, Foskey on the defensive line. JD at the uh, linebacker position. You have some, you know, veteran leadership that can provide some steadiness for this team because that's what's needed right now. They need to have some level of steadiness and consistency. And he's one of those guys that's consistent. He's been consistent uh, game in and game out. 
Absolutely. Uh, so that big uh, congratulations to uh, Brandon Joseph, like I said, for uh, breaking that uh, that touchdown wall down. Uh, Michael Mayer having a uh, having. Mm, Maybe not quite the the giant Michael Mayer day that we're that we're typically used to. Uh, he did lead, lead the receivers with three catches, fifty four yards. Uh, those three catches, by the way, uh, moved him past uh, with, with the fifty four yards receiving in the first half. He's now the all time leader in receiving yards for a tight end in uh, in Notre Dame football history, passing Tyler Eifert's uh, uh, total uh, from his career. Also. Uh, He's uh, number five uh, as far as Notre Dame players to reach the 160 career receptions uh, milestone as well. Uh, he passed uh, Golden Tate for fifth on Notre Dame's all-time receiving list today. So uh, big congratulations uh, to Michael Mayer. Well, looking at Michael, you know, again, he didn't have the monster game, but he was targeted several times. Mm-hmm. Did, continues to get open. There was a few passes uh, uh, Drew missed him on that, you know, again, that, you, you know, plays that you got to make. You know, it was, it was his third down play early on in the game. He had uh, Michael on uh, Michael Mayer on the out route. And it's one of those – that's where that execution comes in. You just can't miss on those, you know, those specific throws. But – the other aspect of Mike Michael's game is his blocking, mm-hmm. you know, and that and I think that tends to get overlooked because we, you know, focus in on the reception aspect of it. But he is he 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 was part of that group that you know opened the opened the uh, holes for the running game to to rack up to almost two hundred fifty yards rushing. And uh, as far as receiving goes, since we didn't get the you know giant you know, huge game from Michael Mayer that we, you know, are used to anyway. Uh, some other guys had to step up a little bit. Jaden Thomas had the uh, had the receiving touchdown today. Uh, you saw Chris Tyree get involved. Lorenzo Styles had a catch today. Deion Colsey, though, three catches, 44 yards. Uh, good to see his name popping up on the list. Yes, and we kind of mentioned him before, you know, when he you know, wasn't really getting opportunities, and that was kind of like uh, – Man, you know, he's a fast kid that can really, you know, stretch a defense and he was, you know, looked at to be a, as being a playmaker and have the opportunities uh, to see him show up and, and make the most of it is definitely good to see. And that's something, again, that, you know, for this receiving core is going to be critical, you know, as this season progresses. We're going to need – because people are going to start taking Michael Mayer away. We're going to need more and more of the the – some of these younger guys to step up and, you know, between him and, and, and Jaden Thomas, you know, it, it's good to see those guys really stepping up and, and make, making a statement that, Hey, and Lorenzo styles and Hey, and this goes back to the importance of developing um, a connection with Drew Pine. And so, cause like I said, Michael Mayer is a, is a safety a safety net for him because he's so good. We need these other, receivers to really you know continue to improve and make the plays for their quarterback to give him that confidence to come to them on a more consistent basis and I think you know with the success that Jaden Thomas has had and, and now Deion Cozy I think we'll you know hopefully see more targets uh for those guys Good to see uh, Audric Estime back in form today too 123 yards on 20 rushes uh two touchdowns on the day uh he he had to have been carrying a football around campus all week last week. You got to what? Because I was going to say, what's the most important stat of his game today? That's right. It was not the twenty carries. It was are the hundred twenty some yards. Right. It was the zero fumbles. That's right. That's <laughs> that was right. the most important stat. Absolutely. The the two touchdowns is pretty good too. But uh, most importantly, the the zero stats or the uh, the zero fumbles in the uh, in the stat sheet for Audric Estime. We'll uh, we'll hear from him in uh, in just a little bit as well. We've got uh, his press conference uh, coming down the pipeline too. Uh, 
and yeah, I mean, just just a fantastic day. Isaiah Foskey, by the way, uh, moving up the list too. Uh, I've, I've, I mentioned this earlier a little bit. Uh, he's got uh, 22 and a half career sacks. Uh, his solo sack in the uh, in the second quarter moves him into second on the Notre Dame football career list, uh, needing just two more to match Justin Tuck for the Notre Dame record. So uh, congratulations to Isaiah today on another fantastic game for him too. And, and I got to give kudos to the defensive line. I mean, because I know you know they didn't have you know they had you know several sacks, but the thing that you know I, I saw with them is. They did a better job of kind of redirecting mm-hmm. um, because you were facing with uh, Schrader and um, with, with the Wilson kid. You had a, a, a quarterbacks that were a lot more mobile yeah. and their ability to retrace and and not allow them to get outside. And, and that, you know, I mentioned that because on, on a few occasions, you know, where, um, you know, Foskey could have gone inside to kind of, you know, do his own thing to get a sack. He made a point of staying upfield and maintaining contain, which really, uh, really had an impact on keeping their quarterbacks, you know, limited in what they were able to do on the ground. I mean, you look at it, you know, uh, Del Rio Wilson had five yards rushing mm-hmm. and Schrader too. And, you know, these were some pretty mobile quarterbacks yeah. that were known to break a defense down with their legs and for our guys to stay disciplined uh, as a defensive line that, you know, you didn't weren't able to get the pressure that you would have liked, but by doing that and maintaining con- and containment on those quarterbacks, it, it had an impact on this football game. Uh, Garrett Schrader leaving at halftime, by the way, in this game, uh, I believe due to an ankle injury uh, suffered late in the first half, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, uh, certainly provided Syracuse with a really big shot in the arm uh, when he came out at halftime. Notre Dame really kind of didn't know what to think, really about you know how to how to defend him. They it, it took him, I think it took him the third quarter to figure out just how to play against him. Yeah, it was it was watching that third quarter. It, it, it you had to be a little nervous. Yeah, um, because we had a stretch there that was not very impressive. You know, coming out of that, coming out of half, you know, we go punt, you know, field goal, punt, punt, and then you know the interception by Leo Falk. That was a real, and, you know, Marcus because Freeman mentioned that in his press conference. Yeah. That was a turning point in that game because we had lost some momentum at that point. They had come, got within seven points of 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 Notre Dame, and for them to be able to come back and re to get that interception really turned the, yeah, the momentum back to Notre Dame because that third quarter was was getting getting a little dicey there in terms of the momentum wise yeah yeah I, uh, I was I'm not gonna lie I was I was sweating a little bit on my couch I was just like uh what's happening here uh but yeah, I mean, uh, you, it was it wasn't just all in one big thing it was just like like this trickle effect yeah. of one little thing after another he's like <laughs> you know we had the two three the back-to-back three and outs and yeah, it's like okay, this is not good, and they were moving, right? You know, moving the ball before you know before the interception. So it was critical that turn. That was the turning point in that football game. Yeah, um, that really solidified the, the Irish victory. That's right. Uh, Maris Leofau with uh, with three tackles as well. Uh, two of them solo, along with that uh, that critical interception in the fourth quarter. Uh, we've got the opponent's scoreboard to get through. We'll do that next, and then we will uh, hand out some uh, some player of the game awards and wrap things up with the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And now it's time to see how Notre Dame's opponents fared today on the Under Armour opponent scoreboard. Again, Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers of Notre Dame athletics. Ohio State... Kept it close after three quarters, but then posted 28 points in the fourth quarter to put away Penn State and stay undefeated today, 44-31. to Ohio State getting the victory at Happy Valley. Marshall tonight will take on Coastal Carolina. That will be a 7 p.m. kickoff. California has the lead for now against number 8 Oregon, 10-7 in the second. North Carolina takes on Pittsburgh tonight. That's an 8 p.m. start. 
On Friday, BYU lost to East Carolina 27-24. BYU has now lost four straight contests. Coming up at 10.30, Stanford against UCLA. Second quarter, Navy has a 13-0 lead on Temple. Boston College lost to Connecticut today, 13-3. And USC, Arizona, that is a 7 p.m. kickoff tonight. UNLV and Clemson had the week off. 41-24, Notre Dame gets by Syracuse today in the stadium formerly known as the Carrier Dome. After this final timeout, final thoughts from Jim Arizari and Reggie Brooks. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wrapping up the official Notre Dame football postgame show. Presented by St. Joseph Health System. Also brought to you in part by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Also by Pet Refuge. Adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. A um, lot of... Uh, lot of Good cases as far as uh, as far as player of the game goes, uh, you know, Mayor getting uh, getting his record today. Isaiah Foskey with another huge game. Uh, J.D. Bertrand with another huge game. Uh, but I think I think you you have to go with Audric Estime after after the week that he had last week. Just three carries, seventeen yards. Uh, didn't see any action after after the fumble, and he had fumbled, you know, in in th- his the previous three quarters that he had played. Yeah. Um, after after you know after that fumble last week, he sat the rest of the game, and the week of practice that he had translated into the game, and man, he showed up today. 123 yards on 23 rushes, two touchdowns, zero. Fumbles, so that's my nominee. I uh, definitely. I mean, he he's hands down. Like I said again, Joseph, you know, Brandon Joseph, J.D. Bertrand. They definitely, you know, Isaiah Foskey could make a case for him as well. Mm-hmm. But without a doubt, Audric estimate his rebound and and the way he ran. And you know, again, when you're as a running back, you, you, that that can that can mess with you a little bit. You know, having you know put the ball on the ground a few, few too many times. And you can kind of develop a, 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 a mess with your psyche some to some degree. So to see him come back and you know protect the football, run hard, and make the plays that he made, you know, two touchdowns, hands down, he's the guy. He is definitely the guy, player, the player of the game. Absolutely. Uh, so, final thoughts on this game, and uh, also looking ahead to Clemson. Again, you you look at this game, and you know I still say again, there's a lot of inconsistencies that um, that's taking place. This team still there's too many lulls, but let's make no mistake about it. You, you know, Syracuse took Clemson to to the to the to the mat, and they had them on the ropes, mm-hmm. and you know, in, in many respects, should have beat them. So we beat another good football team and and beat them handily. Uh, again, in in a way that, hey, as this team continues to develop, you see the identity. Mark, Coach Freeman talks talked about it. it's like, you know, running the football has got to be a priority, and to continue to do that, you're going to need the offensive line to continue to get better, and they're going to face a, a pretty challenging um, Clemson team next week but this week you know you beat a good football team a ranked football team that has been playing well playing at a high level and that's and has been competing against some pretty good football teams as well and for you to come in and 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 go into their house and and beat them in their house uh the way they did you know second i think this they said second sellout crowd they had this year mm-hmm. so you know this is the opportunity you know but this is where you have to look back at this game and see where were we good, where were we bad, what do we need to work on, and get better. This team needs to be better than it was for this game. They need to be better next week, and they have some momentum going into next week. 
and you know, take take this win, enjoy it, and understand you beat a good football team mm-hmm. in their house. Take what you take what you learn, take it to next week, build on that. You know, all things that have happened in the past, let it go. But this team has got to develop some consistency, not only in as it plays throughout the season, but just as it plays throughout games. I mean, just there's too many lulls and and low points that they have, and it's because they're not consistent in their execution of the play calling. They're not consistent in tackling. They're not consistent in the fundamentals of the game right now, and they need to get there and get there fast if they're going to make the you'll finish the season off like they would they want to do. Syracuse number 16 heading into this game, uh Clemson on the on the uh bye week, right, Matt? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh Clemson on the bye week this week, they're going to be at number 5 probably still uh barring some sort of cosmic event, you know, just cataclysmic event in the top 4. Um but it's going to be in your house. Of course, is that for better or for yeah. worse? <laughs> that's that's the big question, and yeah. you know, and I, I would 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 encourage this team and the coaches to understand. It's like, hey, there are certain things that happen away that are a little more. You have less to, less distractions, and you know, maybe this is an opportunity this week to identify what are the distractions that we have at home that we have such struggles of playing at home versus playing away and, you know, identify those and try to eliminate, them. you know, this is the opportunity this week is, you know, as you're going through practice, you know, as a, you know, the personal reflection as a, as, as a player, identify what are the things that are the, the distractions that I've come into that are still kind of hanging over my head prior to next Saturday, you know, identify those. And if it's family, you know, you know, you have a, you know, a friend or somebody that, you know, you know romantic entanglements, I think they're called, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, if it's, it's, a, you know, are, are we in the process? I think we're past midterm. So mm-hmm. zero in and find out what are those issues that you're, you know, that keep cropping up at home that you're not playing with the same intensity and the same zeal that you do when you're away. Cause we beat two, you know, ranked ranked teams away, and we've lost to two very poor football teams at home. And yeah. that's just not that you gotta you gotta tighten it up. You gotta fix that. Yeah. Gotta start gotta start early and uh hit them often too. And uh yeah. <clears throat> Especially with that running game. <laughs> right, exactly. Hit them hit them with the running game. Um and also, I mean, I, I know that you know this—they're five and three now. Not exactly where people thought that they would be, uh, you know, especially with those two losses to Marshall and 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 uh, to Stanford. I get that, but uh, it can still be pretty fun watching a team play spoiler to somebody like a Clemson. Agreed, and 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 again, you you saw again. And you look at the game of Syracuse and Clemson. Syracuse played very physical, mm-hmm. and you get you're not you know you know and they're you know they got after Clemson up front, and I think we have the the defensive line in particular and linebackers to get after the quarterback like like Syracuse got after Clemson's quarterback. Yeah. Notre Dame has the capability of doing the same thing. I mean, we got guys that can run sideline to sideline, but be physical. I mean, they were Syracuse, you know, undersized off defensive line, but they were physical up front, and they they took it to uh, Clemson, and it just you know they had a couple of you know uh, breakdowns from a penalty standpoint, and again mental errors and little breakdowns here and there that cost them the game. But you know, Notre Dame has an opportunity. It's just, are they willing to take it right. and, and capitalize? Yeah, they can play spoiler to Clemson and USC. That would be really, really awesome if they did. <laughs> the USC in particular, that would be extremely especially, awesome, especially especially USC. But uh, even you know, at over the last you know couple of seasons where uh, you know Notre Dame and Clemson was 
really a a marquee game. Uh, just to just to see them play spoiler against Dabo, I I I would really like to see that too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Reggie, we will. I'll uh, meet you then. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will talk to you next week. You gonna be in town uh, next week for the uh, for the game? Yes, I will be yes. in town for this game. I mean, this is this is the this is the one you got marked. We had marked on our calendar for me, right especially on. is like you know, you know, you know. So I'm I'm really hoping to come in and they can set the tone and and. Make and, and reestablish home field advantage. We'd love to see that. Excellent. I will see you then, sir. Sounds good. All right, Reg. Have a good week, and uh, we will talk to you after the game next week. Clemson coming into Notre Dame Stadium to take on the Irish. Uh, we will be here on both Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT with the official Notre Dame football postgame show. See you next week. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 